It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. My guest is Renette DeVilla. Today's topic is from a cult to finding love behind bars. Renette has overcome many obstacles in her life. Today, we'll chat about her experience with a cult and how she found love and marriage behind bars. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you are more than welcome. So let's get right into it. So look, okay. you've been through a lot. You've been through domestic violence and homelessness, and you were connected to a cult in some way, shape, or form, and you are currently married, and we will get into that a little later in the show. That's but right now, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your connection with the cult. Talk to me a little bit about how that happened. You know, Renette, there are so many young girls out here. There are individuals that are unsure of what they're getting themselves into. Um, and you've gone through it. You've come out it. So I want you to share a little bit about your story. How did you get involved with it? Okay. Actually, uh, for me, I grew up in church and, um, there came a point in my life that I wanted more than what I was getting. And that's not to say that there was anything wrong with the church that I was a part of, but I just, I hungered for more. And uh, I was like the things that I saw in the Bible, I wasn't seeing in the church. So I was, uh, and I'm talking miracles and things like that. So I, uh, I was searching, I was seeking. Then I have, I had, she's deceased now, an aunt that I was talking to. And she told me about this man, a prophet, who performed miracles. And so I went. And it was very different, uh, lively. Uh, I'd never experienced anything like that before. So I, that's how I got, uh, introduced to it. So, so let's back up. So was okay. it sort of like a revival that you went to, or he was speaking, performing miracles and you were just one of the people in the congregation? Well, let me tell you, I, the first time I went, it was the revival. Okay. And so, and I wanted to see a miracle. That's why I went, because I wanted to see a miracle. And I wanted to see a miracle because I'd never seen a miracle before. Mm. And she said that he has performed miracles. So I'm sitting in the, uh, in the congregation. And I, had, I didn't tell anybody that that was why I went. I didn't mention that 
to my aunt or and I had some, somebody else was there, but I had, hadn't mentioned it to either of them. And so while he's talking, <laughs> no, for, one of the first things out of his mouth was, ain't going to be no miracles tonight. Make your own miracle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, okay. And then I thought, I'm like, well, okay, Lord, I can see that, you know, use my faith. And then, uh, I don't remember anything else that he said really, but it was an upbeat service. Uh, and it was interesting. I don't, like I said, I don't remember what he said, but he said things. It was, it wasn't, uh, cut and not cut and dry. It wasn't, uh, like a program, okay. like something well written out. It was mm -hmm. like, as he went, he was giving it. And it was, uh, it captivated me. But then there was another time uh, that I, I didn't really run into him. We were, I was with my aunt and we were visiting one of her sons and the, uh, the prophet and his family came. And so they were in the in the van and uh, getting ready to go. He and his wife and the kids. So I was there was some there were some other people there too. So I was on the driver's side where he was, and he was talking and he was kind of like giving me a history of himself, you know, saying like different things that had happened in the past. So. Uh, I noticed that I like, I'm the only woman on this side. So I went around to the side where the women were and like, they weren't talking about anything. So I went back over there and I, and he was saying different things. So at that, during that time I used drugs and I would tell, I could stop everything except marijuana. And the only reason I wanted to stop that is because I didn't feel that God was pleased with it. And so I was telling God, like, man, I do not want to want it for the rest of my life. You didn't want and that just, desire. Right. I don't want to sit on my hands and not do it. I want to not want it. So anyway, he was talking about how he prayed for different people and this and that happened. And he, uh, and I was thinking like, man, I hope he prays for me. And, uh, and he did. Long story mm -hmm. short, he did. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started going. And there were, uh, I, but I still, I, I, I didn't, I never saw a miracle. And actually my mind kind of went away from that. I anticipated things, but I never saw anything. And I did learn some things there, but what happened was it was almost like a slow walk or a, a, a covert thing going from attention on Jesus to attention on him. Mm, okay. And then he capitalized on, uh, because I was very insecure, capitalized on that, okay. uh, capitalized on he hears God, you don't. And I believed it. You know, and I believe it. So it was like a slow walk into that. That's how I got involved. So what? how old were you around this time? Oh, about 30. Okay. And so when did you realize it was a cult? Were you going to church? Did you live there? Did like, because... I, 
I eventually, well, I eventually, first I was just going to some of the services. Then mm -hmm. I started following him. Okay. Now we weren't like in a compound. Okay. It wasn't that. It was just, uh, even though uh, he would say like, this town is cursed, this city is cursed, and we would be in the same area, but it wasn't like that we have some acreage of land, everybody live here. It wasn't mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So we live like in little pockets, I would mm -hmm. say, different small towns. Uh, but you all were together, so it was all a, a following, basically. Yes. It was part of a following and they were following him, but you all kind of lived in the same area. Um, when, did you the most part, it, yeah. when did you realize it was a cult? Actually, there were uh, the, the, not the entire time I was there, but a lot of the time, I couldn't even tell you when. I was, okay, I was there for 10 years, 12 years. Okay. Really? So, huh? So it it was at some point, I can't tell you when. Uh, like, for instance, if he would do something or say something and, and it just didn't feel right to me, I would make excuses and say, well, you know, he knows more than me. He's more spiritual than I am. God, God will show me, you know, later. I'll understand later. Or uh, God will show the world later right so yeah. i was constantly making excuses and that had to be the the i would say that started probably five at least halfway into it mm -hmm. because the, the thought that i'm remembering happened probably at the five-year mark so you knew something was wrong something wasn't right but i didn't trust what i what i felt because so he I was made feeling. you feel like he was superior and you really didn't know. Right, him. right. Mm -hmm. Because I had bought into that lie. Okay. So there were times that God was letting me know this is not right. But I didn't trust what I felt. I didn't know that it was God talking to me. Mm -hmm. I actually thought it was the devil because it was contrary to what he was saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, so I understand this when he went out and he preached or when he spoke, you would follow him wherever he went. And yes. it was sort of like a community and a group of individuals were all together. What made you leave? What made you cut ties? I remember him saying that, uh, so there were, <laughs> okay. So he slept with the women, not okay. all of them, but he <laughs> slept with, with a lot of the women. And that's what you uh, hear happens most times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but he would he would say, if you tell, he would call it a sign. So in the scripture, he'd use two scripture passages. One was when Rahab had the scarlet thread mm -hmm. and she put mm -hmm. it up in the window and uh, Joshua and Caleb told her, we'll save you and your family. But if you tell, uh -huh. then we're free of this. Uh -huh. And he also used, and this was twisted, uh, Boaz and Ruth. So when Ruth uncovered Boaz's feet, he said they slept together. Mm. So that was, those were the passages of scripture he used. Now, everything he did, he used scripture. Right, everything right, right. he did, he yeah. used scripture. Killers use scripture too. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, the thing that that got me was <laughs> there was this one young lady that had babies for him who mm -hmm. used to date his son. So uh, one time his son was saying, well, you can tell this is God because he called them conception children because look at all the conception children. Wow. And, and the, uh, the young lady told her, these ain't no conception children. These your daddy's children. Okay. All right. Conception children. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, remember he said, oh, now he's, he has said that if you tell your sign, God will not use you anymore. And if God doesn't have anything to do with you, then I can't have anything to do with mm. you. So the next time we had a service after that, he was chasing her like a little sick puppy. Wow. Because, because his son went and told they, his mama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then all broke loose. Broke yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's when I'm like, okay, no, uh-uh. Because I always thought, okay, I don't understand this, which is was par for the course for my rationale. God's going to show the world that these are his children, okay? So when I saw him, I'm like, you don't even believe what you said. Mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. It never felt right to me, that and a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel right to me. So when I saw that, I I was I was done. You was done. You was out. So in the course of all of this, and in, in the course of ten years, how was your family? Because your family, you know, raised you in yeah. church, oh, and they all said it was a cult, knew it was mm -hmm. a cult. And then uh, what I didn't realize, uh, I mean, they they tried to talk to me. Of course, they didn't just you know. What I didn't realize, my uh, someone was telling me, uh, my stepmother actually was saying, and my parents are deceased now, okay. but my stepmother was telling that. me, uh, she said, well, yeah, because, you know, when you come visit me and your daddy, well, we couldn't say nothing to you because if we did, we wouldn't see you. Mm. So mm -hmm. that was that. But yeah, separation. I mean, but, yeah. But you got away. You broke free. Yeah. Yes. And to God be the glory. To God Thank be the glory. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. You, you know, um, Renette, Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. So we talk mm -hmm. about the issues, but we also talk about the solutions and how to move forward. If there was a young lady that was standing before you right now, or maybe listening to this show right now, mm -hmm. that is saying, hey, that's my story. That's me. Yeah. But I'm scared to share it. I'm scared because I feel all alone. How would you minister to that individual? The, one of the first things I would tell a person, go with what you feel. Go with what you feel. And I would be afraid that I would mess up, you know, if, if I'm wrong about what I feel. But I would tell anybody, faith is what pleases God. And so when you, with, because if you go against what you're feeling, you're moving in fear. If you go what, with what you're feeling, you're still feeling the fear, but you're moving in faith. Amen. And so faith is what pleases God. And even if you turn, if it turns out that you're wrong, it's okay. 
because you made a faith move and God is still pleased with you. And do not allow people to tell you that God doesn't love you, that God is mad at you, that God's going to get you. Mm. Because it was an intimidation and manipulation, and that was witchcraft. And one day I asked God, uh, because when I left, I just wasn't going to say anything. You know, I wasn't going to talk bad about him, good about him. I just wasn't. And uh, I asked God one day, I said, you know, the only reason I ever believed he was a prophet was because he said he was. And even now, if somebody tells me that they are something, I believe it. But it doesn't mean I'm going to take everything that fall out of your mouth. Okay. Until God shows me that that's not who you are, then, then I'm going to believe it. But anyway, I asked God, uh, you know, I told him I only believed it because he said it. Who do you say he is? Mm. God says he's a warlock. Mm. And it was witchcraft. Yeah. Witchcraft. I don't know that people were burning candles and things like that. I can't say they weren't. I cannot say they weren't but it was steeped in witchcraft. So back to what you asked me, if a person is manipulating you into doing something, they are using witchcraft. And it doesn't even have to be about religion, a church, a God. If, they man if a man manipulates you into going to bed with him and you don't want to, he just used witchcraft. If somebody mm -hmm. manipulates you into loaning them some money, even making you feel guilty, about not doing it, that is witchcraft. So what I'm saying is go with what you feel because that's true. And the thing is, if if you are mistaken, God will let you know in a yeah. loving way. That's right. That's He's right. He's a loving father. That's right. You'll have peace. You will yes. have peace. You won't have fear. You won't have intimidation. That's yes. good advice. So Let's talk about love. Let's talk All about right. love. <laughs> so look, Renette, you are currently married, right? How long have you been married? I have been married for one year, about a year and a half now. I was oh. married on Valentine's Day, 2019. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, so you, you approaching two years, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real soon so but your love is unique love is love but love is unique you have a distance yeah. relationship because your husband is locked up he's in prison at this time yeah so and you're very vocal about it you talk about it you encourage people um but you talk about love talk to me about how you met him how it came about that you married um, I see a little twinkle right now. <laughs> Talk yeah. to me a little bit about the, the history. Give me the backstory. Okay. Uh, I actually met him because I was uh, a volunteer in the prison system. So okay. I would go in. I actually went in with the group. Uh, it was not my ministry. It uh, And it was a class. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there were 50, 60 guys in the class, and that is how I met him. Uh, we went in once a week, and 
you know, and I only saw him once a week and we didn't talk any more than I talked to anybody else. And actually I talked to other people more than I talked to him, but, uh, that's how we met. But one of the things that stood out to me about him was his mind because he would, uh, he, the class was set up so that, uh, they would break off, they would break into groups and each okay. group had a leader and the leaders were called revival group pastors. And so he was a revival group pastor. And as such, they took turns facilitating the night. Okay. And so when he would facilitate and talk, and he wasn't the only one that really impressed me. A lot of those guys impressed me, but uh, he he would say things, uh, you know, and they had uh, curriculum. And I'm like, how did you get that out of that? You know, and he was hearing God, but it wasn't uh, like so religious that it wasn't real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was, it was intellectual. It was spiritual. That is what caught my attention mm -hmm. with him. And then uh, at some point, and I couldn't even tell you when, it had to be, it had to be in 2018. He started getting kind of fine to me. He <laughs> 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 went from pupil <laughs> to prospect. <laughs> you yeah. find out you in the prison system, <laughs> macking on the guys. <laughs> yeah, girl. And I'm like, and you know, I I have. And I honestly was not there looking for a man. I mean, okay. I wasn't even looking for a man out here because I was mm -hmm. good. And I wasn't just, okay, I'm going to be single and I'm going to just thank God and go on. But I was really good. It was like the first time in my life, uh, it hadn't been long since I had gotten to the point where I was okay being single. Okay. And I loved it. And I loved where God had me. So anyway, back to him, I'm like, oh, Jesus, you have to take this away. You, you, you know, because this just can't be. Because <laughs> I keep thinking about him, Lord. I keep yeah. thinking about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And so, uh, and we would talk sometimes and, you know, but at, at one point, like for a week, girl, I had uh, dreams and visions of us doing life and ministry together. Mm. And so I'm like, well, I don't even know really what to do with it. So I'm like, cause I would see him once a week. So the day that I saw him, I'm like, okay, what, what, you know, what do I do with this? So I decided to ask him if there was anything that he was asking God for that I could partner with him in prayer about. Okay. And so he's like, did well, he say you? He said, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. And so, and we talked a little bit more cause we hadn't been talking a lot there, mm -hmm. but, uh, then we talked a little bit more and I went on and, and class started and we went on. So Renette, how did it get to you being married and how does it work? How does that work as far okay. as you on the outside, him on the inside, y'all are married. How's it work? Okay, so how it got to us being married, we knew, I, I eventually knew that he was my husband and he knew I was his wife. 
So mm. that's how it got to marriage. We did not, we, the, the thing is, we got to know each other after we decided to be in a relationship. So now when we decided to be in a relationship, I no longer went in because mm. uh, I couldn't go in there right. like that. So it was anyway, a conflict. Right. So that's how, that's, that's really how he got to marriage because God showed us, but yeah, yeah God literally showed us that how I do it, it has to be the grace of God mm. because I always thought women who dated guys who were incarcerated was stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's real talk. I mean, and that yeah. was your opinion. And um, yeah, God has proved you otherwise, huh? He yes, is, he is. He is. There are a lot of things so. that stupid people you I used to think stupid people did. I have done so. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, what yeah. makes you different? What What do you say to the individuals that say, "Oh, this is just prison talk," or he just needs a pen pal? Because you get that a lot. Um, from right. individuals in jail that they just need somebody to talk to what makes it different okay and i actually believe that i don't know well it is different because it is what it is mm-hmm. however he is incarcerated just like you know uh anybody else any other guy who's incarcerated that would run game uh i know he was lonely sure but the thing, the the thing that makes it different is that I know that he's my husband, and and I and and it's and when I say God gives me grace, grace is an un, grace is unmerited favor. Yes, it's something yeah. you get because you don't deserve it. But mm-hmm. grace is also the ability to do. Mm-hmm. So. It's a supernatural thing mm-hmm. that enables us to have this relationship. And it's not even like, I mean, and, and really be okay and not tolerant. Right. Okay. Right. Of course uh-huh. I want him out, sure. but I don't, it's, there's no toler, tolerating this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no heaviness. He's, it's not a burden to be with him. He's not a burden on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, I believe that he means what he says when he says he loves me and everything else that he says because of the, because of his actions towards me, because of the way he talks to me, because of what I knew of him before we started talking, even though I only, I know that people can behave at church. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that. But I've also, people that have come out of nowhere and told me about the character of this man mm-hmm. and nice. how he has changed, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. look, you like it, I love it. That's your life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you. your life. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. how, may I ask how long he has? How long will it continue? Like this distance yeah. with this relationship? You you may, and this is another faith thing. Uh, on paper, he has a long time because he has a capital offense. Okay. Uh, however, it's a long one, time. Like, uh, he, maybe 20 more years. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, on paper. Mm-hmm. However, I trust God. And I, one of the things that God told me is that he would not be there that long. Okay. So I'm anticipating him to come home. But even if it were to be, even if he did stay in there according to what's on paper, mm-hmm. the how-to is, I have to say everything is really just being in the center of the will of God. And and relinquishing your will to him. And I haven't done that in all areas of my life, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you this is one area. And it wasn't even, it it wasn't hard because it's almost like he just, he just did it. (laughs) Right. He just did it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would, my advice. So if you had to continue with the 20 more years, you would do it. I would, I would. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like I said, I want him here, but mm-hmm. it's not even, it's not even hard. That's awesome. He gives you grace to do it. Yeah. He gives you grace to do it. And he made yeah. a way. That's awesome. 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 Well, look, that has been our time. Okay. Um, I, I bless God for you. Thank you so much for your transparency. And I know your story is going to help others. The, those that are dealing with, that individual um, that feels as though that they may be in a cult, they weren't in a cult. I know your story is going to bless them. And even that individual or that woman that is so caught up with what other people may think with them being in a relationship with someone in prison. Like, what advice would you give that individual? They know that that is their, that that's their significant other, but they're, listening to the voices of other individuals. And so what advice would you give that person? You know, it's, it's probably easier said than done, but just shut out the voices. And if you have to separate yourself from people, and I don't even want to do that because I don't, I don't, Sometimes you do have to separate yourself. Absolutely. It don't got nothing to do with jail. That's right. Yeah, but I don't want, I don't, I'm not trying to say just shut down your support systems, but once again, almost just like the uh, cult thing, don't allow people to manipulate you with what they will and won't do for you. Yeah. If you yeah. continue to be with, with that person. Yeah. Trust God. Yeah. Trust, trust God. Trust, trust God. And, and it's okay to make mistakes. That's it good. is okay to make a mistake because that's how we grow. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, look, that has been our time. I thank you so much for joining me on today. And if the audience, if the listeners want to reach out to you, how would they connect with you? Okay. I have a, we have a Facebook page called Kingdom of God Ministries. Okay. Uh, And that would be, you can uh, send me a message through there, direct message through there. Awesome. And I will also link the page as well for the uh, listeners. So to God be the glory. Thank you so much for joining me on today. God bless you. Thank you.